Welcome to your weekly dose of Dudes with Some Balls. For those that live, breathe, and love all things sports while valuing the convenience of your own time, this is Dudes with Some Balls. For the fan, from the fan, the podcast made for you. The two-man show, just a pair today, Jordan Ross and I... Rossi, let's let's dive right into it because it is Thursday when we're recording. We're going to talk about the Astros today. The Astros lost today in bad fashion. How are we feeling? Feeling a little beat up. I feel like I just went through a, a 12-round fight with a dude weighing 20 pounds more than me. Uh, but like we talked about before the pod started, losses all hurt. Some hurt more than others. Last night's loss where we gave a three-run bomb in the extra innings hurt a little bit more than a 17-0 or 17-1 schlack in today. So at this point, you move on from the series of the split against a team that's been playing pretty good baseball in the Boston Red Sox, and you just say, hey, let's chalk it up to let's hit the road, wheels up to wherever we're going now, and let's go win a three-game series. Couldn't have said it better myself. For any of those teams still in the midst of the playoff hunt, and they're struggling a bit, remember those words. Hey, still a week left in August, still 30-plus games in the season. A lot can happen, but we're here to talk a little bit of playoff preview, a little playoff prediction. Here's what we got for you on the podcast today. Run it down back to a baseball podcast. NL wild card is what we're going to touch on. Then that wild, wild AL West, which we already started a little preview with, with the Astros, then slipping it down to the American League wild card. And then Jordan and I are going to give you just a little bit of our biggest shock or maybe shocks from the second half of baseball, all on this week's episode of Dudes with Some Balls. Let's get it rolling exactly where it needs to go. The NL wild card, although neither of us are in our teams, our NL teams is probably more entertaining than the AL wild card. We have teams, the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins are in there, the Giants, even still somehow alive with the losing record is the San Diego Padres. But the Phillies right now are the biggest lock, 83.8% according to fan graphics to make the playoffs, although being four and six over the last 10 games, they've had a pretty good stretch of things in terms of winning in the second half. They had some huge struggles in the first. Trey Turner obviously got lifted by the fans, the revival on the floor, but they also have the 11th easiest schedule. I think you're really competing for wild card spots, number two and number three. The Giants, Cubs, and Diamondbacks are all hovering around a 45 to 55% chance to make the postseason at this point. I believe at this time it's the Cubs and the Giants who are in. The Cubs have a 54.5% chance to make it into the wild card, where there's the Reds, who are also, I should speak of, have surprisingly a 33% chance to make it. So if you're banking on another NL Central team outside of the Brewers to make it, you might want to start putting some interest into those Cubbies. Whereas you look at in the NL West, the Giants and Diamondbacks. Giants are at 51.2% chance to make the playoffs. Diamondbacks shortly behind them at 45.8. Both of those teams could be competing for a wild card spot. And then the last team that's really in there is the Miami Marlins, who at the end of the first half did have a playoff spot. They were in the wild card. Um, and then they just kind of fell apart to start the early part of the second half. And now they have the six hardest schedule remaining. So any odds for Miami to make it are actually looking slimmer than what may appear in the standings book. Yeah, and you bring up that wild card race out in the NL, and one of the things you touched on is the the Chicago Cubs. And if you look at those three or four teams that are kind of in that hunt around the 40 to 50% chance, 
Mark, right? If you look at the Cubs since the since July first, so basically the 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 uh, the All Star game, the Cubs actually are ten games over five hundred. Whereas you look at some of these other teams have been stifling a little bit. The Marlins are in the bottom five of the league since July first in terms of their record. The Arizona Diamondbacks are ten games under five hundred at seventeen and twenty seven, and the the Giants are five games under five hundred. So, in the last 45 days, 50 days or so, you've seen the Cubs play very good baseball. And if they can continue that, I think they're going to be the team to beat uh, on the NL side. Yeah, the Cubs have, I mean, they made themselves buyers at the deadline. I think they won like six or seven before the trade deadline. Made a great move with Washington. They sit right now uh, in terms of strength of schedule going forward. The 17th easiest, or I don't know how you'd, right in the middle there's 30 teams in mlb they rank 17th on the easy to hard rank they have i guess it would technically be like 14th on the hard rank but anyways they have to play atlanta a few times they do have six games with the brewers four games remaining with the reds they also have seven games with the diamondbacks coming up so that's something to look out for especially as we mentioned the diamondbacks have been kind of a dumpster fire uh in that month of july and then into early august start to turn it around a little bit had some success against the rangers but I think the Cubs, they're almost, almost, if they can keep riding the wave that they are, they're penciling themselves in to lock up one of those spots. I, I really want to say Phillies almost feel like 100%. I know I read the stats, 83%, just the way they've been playing. Miami, like I said, the six hardest schedule remaining. They have the Dodgers, Braves, Rays, Brewers multiple times. Phillies involved in there. going to be really tough for them. That's why their percentage is so low. But And I also don't think the Reds are going to make it. So... What does that leave me with to say if I don't think the Reds are going to make it, if I don't think potentially the Diamondbacks are going to make it, I love September baseball. Let's do a hot take here on dudes with some balls. The San Diego Padres are going to somehow find a way to make the playoffs. They're going to get hot. It's going to happen right around September 1st. This is their stretch. I mean, they have the, what is it? Fifth easiest remaining schedule in all of baseball facing a combined winning percentage of under 500, 477, they will have to play the Astros. They will have to play the Dodgers. But then they play, you know, the Brewers who are right now leading the NL Central, but not, not amazing. The NL Central's weak. They do play the Phillies and they do play the Giants seven times, but they also see Oakland three times. They see Colorado three times. They see the White Sox three times and they see the St. Louis Cardinals six times. So like half of what's remaining is kind of a cupcake walk that you can easily win 85% of those games. Yeah, and if you look at another team in that central division, if you look at their stats or their record since July 1st, and if this is a team, if I think if they didn't stifle at the beginning of the, the season, and that would be the St. Louis Cardinals. They're two games below 500 since July 1st. They're 16 games below 500 in total. If you could have, if you'd have told me that they would have stayed pace on that at this point of the season, I think that that would be a team that you could say, okay, they have the the hitters to get there. They have the pitching to get there. Unfortunately, I think they're too far, too far gone um, <laughs> to make the love post. I love yeah. that we went hot enough that I dipped my toe in the hot take water where like, you'll still see the Padres on the graphics that ESPN or MLB network puts out for in the hunt. And you just like, you dove, you said, Hey, what about the Cardinals? Like a yeah. long, long month of baseball left. However, if I had to pick three teams, I'm probably going Phillies, Cubs, and screw it. I'm going to say Padres. Why not? Padres, Friars up, right? My three teams are going to be the Phillies, Cubs, and the Brewers are in first. Gosh, the Mets have been playing decent baseball. 
<laughs> what about the Nats, dude? The Nats are twenty six okay. and one since. Okay. Now, give me the or give me the Padres. I'll 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 match you. I'll match you with those three teams. I like we're the fi- we're fires up in September. That dudes with some balls. I I hope Booth agrees with this and is on board. I mean, fifth easiest schedule left in baseball. Come on, man, give them a shot. Their lineup's too stacked to underperform, and they've underperformed the whole year. But it's time. Man, but let's go. AOS, Jordan, I know this is a home point for both of us. We have three teams competing for that title, two of which are our favorite teams, the Houston Astros being yours, the Seattle Mariners being mine. If you would have asked me this two months ago, if the Mariners would be in this position to win the AOS potentially, I probably would have been like, no shot. We might be four games away from the wild card. But I did expect them to compete for a postseason. I didn't know if I expected them to compete for the AOS title. I certainly didn't expect the Rangers to be competing for the AOS title the way they had all year. Be the first to admit that nobody really penciled them in that way regardless. But let's break down some numbers really quick. The Astros today started the day. The loss might have hurt them a little bit. So I'm actually going to go update what I got from fan graphs here. For the AOS, the Astros actually have the highest percentage to win the division at just under 42%, followed up by the Rangers at 33% and the Mariners sitting at 26%. Now all these teams have at least a 67% chance to make the playoffs. So with the Mariners being the lowest one at 67%, the question may not be, are all three of these teams going to make the playoffs? Although I will ask you that question. The question is going to be, who's going to win the division, Jordan? Just looking at that schedule and looking at the reigning champions and looking at kind of the those guys expecting to kind of turn it on towards the last half or the last month, excuse me, of the season. I'm going to go with the Astros. And the main reason why is we look at the, the Rangers schedule. It's by far the hardest of the three. And then we look at the Mariners and I, I'm going to say this and I'm not trying to jinx Mariners fans, but the Mariners already made the postseason. And their postseason is going to start a little bit early because, yes, they have the seventh easiest schedule for remaining of the season. But if you scroll down to the very bottom of that schedule, the last nine games of 162 games in a season, they are playing the Astros once in a three-game set and the Texas Rangers twice in a three-game set. So those are their last nine games. They, we're getting to the point in the final month of the season where these series with competitive teams – you need to be able to go in and beat the teams like the Oakland Athletics, some of the, the bottom tier teams. And then these series that you have where you're competing for playoff spots, those are going to feel like playoff series. And they're just going to come a little earlier than the actual postseason. hundred percent. I'm glad you hit on that. And, and I guess we'll talk about it right now. There is, if you are paying attention to the schedule right now, I believe Houston and Seattle are both two games back of the Texas Rangers at the time we're recording this in the playoff race. And the Mariners and Astros both hold a wild card spot. Astros being the two spot, Mariners being that last wild card spot in the AL. Those last nine games, as you mentioned, Jordan, are going to be Rangers, Astros, Rangers for the Mariners. Best part of it is they're all at home for the Mariners. And I know, I know that's like it's cliche. You don't necessarily need that, but like home field advantage and playoff scenarios is proven to pay dividends. And for it to start early. I know it's your toughest schedule, but if you can win all three of those series somehow, not asking for sweeps in all of them, I think the Mariners do have a shot to win the AL West. However, I mean, you're looking at it from that point too. The Mariners have the sixth easiest schedule remaining in all of baseball entering today. But then what throws me off from saying that take that the Mariners are going to win the AL West is that Houston has the third easiest schedule remaining. And as long as Houston does what Houston's so good at doing, which is not getting swept, although we know 
I said I wasn't going to take a shot at that. They recently did get swept by the Mariners, and that's what has Seattle so rejuvenated that they can potentially win the AOS. Because I think without that sweep, or maybe without that series win, even you kind of just be like, all right, we're going to make the wild card. But now Seattle's geared its attention towards the West. But for Houston, man, I mean, you have such a golden opportunity to claim the West without even having to worry about those last six, seven games per se. It'll probably be close till the end. But I mean, you have Oakland and Kansas City, seven games right there. The White Sox, six games. So 13 games are against bottom of the division teams. And then Cleveland, who's actually been playing pretty well. You do still have to see him for three times. But you see the Yankees, seven games. And if the Yankees can't figure out what the hell they're doing, that's that almost might be seven free wins at this point. I, I know that's probably a little dramatic, but Houston has had no problem rolling the Yankees in years past. I mean, just look back at the ALCS a year ago. So I definitely think Houston's going to win the division. I won't be surprised if Texas falls below even the Mariners, though. And maybe that's a hot take, but whoever wins the ALS is surely set, in my opinion, to get one of those one of those buys. And just to, so the listeners know how close this race is, as Nick and I are both discussing the AL West currently, if there's a very good chance that the team we both just picked to win the AL West and the Houston Astros is in third place after tonight. So that's how close this race is. It's come down to a game and a half. It looks like the Rangers have a game and a half lead on both the Mariners and the Astros. Um, so I'm not sure. I don't know if the Mariners play tonight or if the Rangers play tonight. I think the Rangers were off last night. So uh, they're going the to have... say that again. I believe the Rangers series starts the Mariners. What the Mariners start a set with Kansas city and then Oakland. So there's a chance at least temporarily by the end of this next week, the Mariners could be first place in the AL West. Yeah. Headed into September. So, which is just, it's just wild. I mean, this is the best time for baseball. And that, I mean, that's going to lead me into the AL wildcard because I think we can sit here and go back and forth. Any three of these teams are very capable of winning the AL West and then also securing themselves one of those buys. I believe Baltimore or Tampa, whoever ends up winning that division, which I think is going to be Baltimore, will have the top seat. That's I firmly believe that. And then whoever wins the AL West will have that second buy. There's no way Minnesota is going to get into that position. However, the wildcard also I think is determined really by the AL West and then the Toronto Blue Jays. One of these teams in the AL West might get bounced. The Astros and Mariners only have a game lead over the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays have been playing pretty good baseball. As of late, Toronto also has a relatively easy schedule comparative with the Mariners that they have, I believe it's like the fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere easiest schedule. They do have to play their division rivals a couple of times, including the Boston Red Sox, who are also still kind of hanging around in the playoff race. What's interesting, though, is you look at it, it's not super far-fetched. I think the Red Sox are now like three and a half back of a wild-card spot or three games back. Blue Jays are only one game out of that last spot. However, the Blue Jays, outside of any of those teams in the AL West, has the highest chance to clinch a playoff berth via the wild-card at, I believe it's 62.9% to make the wild-card. Here's what's interesting. The Red Sox, who are only essentially a series out of a playoff position, have under a 16% chance, 15.4% chance to make the wild-card. And that's because if you look at their schedule, it's insane. They play a combined opponent record of 538. They have to put face Baltimore several times. They're about to host the Dodgers starting this weekend, which also, as it's coming out Friday, first time Mookie Betts returns to Fenway Park since his trade. That's going to be very emotional. Make sure you tune into that one. But third hardest schedule remaining for the Boston Red Sox. So if you ask me who's the fighting for those last wildcard spots, it is Houston, Seattle, and Toronto. Two of those three teams will get in. 
you think that out of those teams, and what about the Rangers? Because I think what throws oh. a wrinkle into it is sorry, yeah. Let's see Houston or Seattle both go on runs, and you yeah. see Toronto keeping pace. The Rangers have been in first place basically all season. Is there a chance coming by the end of September we could be looking at the standings and seeing the Texas Rangers not making the postseason? Do you? I mean, could you imagine? It's it'd I mean, be insane. It would be almost as sad of a uh, in terms of baseball analysts and baseball writers as watching that watching the angels plummet after after the trade deadline watching them pretty much eliminate themselves out of playoff contention i mean the rangers have been to put it kindly they've been milked all year and for some reason they have i mean obviously they've had some pitching injuries but they've also traded for a ton imagine how much disrespect you're going to get after trading all those pieces to get Montgomery who again is pitching insane and he can't win what's wrong with Jordan Montgomery why does he pitch so good and he can't get wins but like nobody loves hitting for this dude like I'm sorry you free my boy from whoever send him to Atlanta he pitches so well give him some offense couldn't get in St. Louis can't get in Texas but It'd be crazy if the Rangers didn't make it. And honestly, if that percentage of it all, like I would not be surprised if the Rangers are on the outside looking in going into that. Oh man, how sweet it would be if the Mariners could eliminate the Rangers in Seattle. I mean, that place will go nuts. Yeah, that's the only thing that kind of worries me about Seattle's schedule is you look at the Strohs having such an easy schedule at the end, and then they could come down to if the if the Blue Jays keep playing good baseball, that last series in Seattle could be the winner of that series basically is the the last wild card spot. Is it safe to say again, the, which I feel like the Mariners are always in that position for yeah, some reason. No, they control their destiny for like the past three years. They've done or two years. They, they have done it. They, so look, maybe let's call it early. The AL West. It's going to sound so dramatic, but the AL West because Seattle plays Texas, Houston, Texas, all in Seattle to end the year, those three series. The AL West is going to be won or lost in Seattle, Washington. Probably a good thing to say. Just hopefully they can score more than zero runs in 18 innings. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Damn it, Jeremy Pena. <laughs> That's awesome. And that hopefully they don't awesome. have Robbie Ray coming in and uh, a yeah. lefty on lefty situation. Dude. Let's never talk about that again, <laughs> man. Uh, that'll be cool. Either way, it's 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 great baseball on both sides. I think that's what makes the the expansion to six teams in the playoffs, three wild card teams, so much better for baseball. Now these races, they were already so tight when you did the expansion to a fifth wild card team because before what, like somewhere in the early two thousand tens, it was only four teams made the playoffs. So we added yeah. the fifth wild card spot. Now we have the sixth one that got implemented into last year's season and people were worried about it. Like all the races might not be so tight anymore because of adding an extra team. So now there's just going to be a huge fall off between that last wild card spot and everybody else. And then it hasn't been last year. It came down to the wire again. And then this year with the decision to just have everybody play each other interleague plays is exactly what we talked about that every race division race, wild card race is going to come down to this and we're seeing it not just in one side we're seeing it both sides the nl wild card is so dramatic right now that like six teams are competing for it the nl wild card is kind of limited down to like you you emphasize it like three or four but then you have to encounter the mix of what happens if you know texas starts struggling like we said like could texas be out well what about this what if somehow like technically baltimore and tampa aren't competing just yet for 
you know, securing playoff bursts, like they're still fighting for the division. What if Baltimore gets knocked into a wild card spot again? Like it's, I love, I love it all. But I think if you want to look on the downside, or maybe it's a good side if you're thinking about it. I mean, second halves, there's always something crazy that happens in the second half, whether a team was doing really well and they start to tank or a team hits a good burst or just someone goes insane. Like for to end the podcast, I want to end it on this note. If you had to emphasize a second half surprise, what would it really be? And I, I think a lot of people, you could make a case for a ton of different ones. I'm going to stay focused on the Bronx Bombers and the Yankees. I mean, for the second straight year, it felt like they have were riding high, although they weren't really as good as in a position as they were last year going into the All-Star break as to this year. But then just a complete fall off in the second half. I mean, Aaron Boone, do you fire him? What's going to happen? Who knows? Do you shift management? You have to go a whole new direction with that team that the youth hasn't performed the way they want it to. They're not going to be in the playoffs this year. And for Yankees fans, it, I'm a little bit shocked, just especially coming off judges last season. And he's been hurt this year, although he's still like fifth in the American League in home runs, which is nuts. But everything went wrong for the Yankees this year. I don't know if I necessarily have a surprise. I, I think more than anything, I'd want to circle back to something we discussed, you mean Booth, at the very, very beginning of this year and talking about how much parity was going to be in this league. So we're looking at six teams, potentially. You know, everyone keeps talking about how much better or how good the AL East is this year. The AL West is on par with them um, in terms of talent and loaded in that division. I think the winner of the the West might have might barely touch 90 games this year maybe 90, 91, 92. And the, that means the wild card teams that are going to come out of the West are probably going to have somewhere between 80 to 90, 87 to 90. And that kind of puts it in a perspective of, and it, it, God, I hate saying this, but the Mariners have just been kind of giving me the same vibes or that it's a team that's catching like some heat in the second half. And you've seen teams like that the last two seasons with the Phillies and the Braves who yeah. end up just catching fire at the right time going into the postseason, that's the only part that scares me a little bit. The oh. NLs, I'm just saying, the NL and the AL are kind of flipped, whereas in the last couple of years in the AL, you've had these two teams, the Yankees and the Astros, kind of like great records through the regular season, and they're going to be finding a way to meet each other in the postseason, and the NL was kind of like up for grabs. This year, it feels like the role's completely flipped, where you have the Dodgers and the Braves being that much better than everyone else in the NL, and the AL, it's going to be wide open. So I could see a team coming in with less than 90 wins this season and and stirring up a ruckus in the AL when it comes postseason time. All I'm saying is I love the fan bases that might be involved in this playoffs. The Orioles, oh man, they're a they're a feisty group of fan base. Like they 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 act like I mean they're first they're finally back in the playoff contention and they act like they run the show. And honestly, I love it. I don't even hate it. I think it's cool. They're aggressive. Mariners fans, somehow we got entitled after making one playoff appearance. And I speak for like the 1% that says we actually just love the team. But then the 98% that's evolved, like they are, they just want to talk shit. I don't know why, man. I'm just happy to be in the dance. Like I want to win, but I'm glad we're there. Like the Astros, self-explanatory. Like everybody knows, you know, the Astros. Dodgers fans, uh, toxic. Braves fans got this thing going on since since Ronald Acuna Jr. arrived to the show and they, they won the ship in 2021. I mean, uh, NL Central, don't let the Cubs get in. Do not let the Cubs get in because if you remember 2016, how aggressive their fan base was and what we've seen from them now, do not let that happen. Somehow, if if 
Cincinnati gets in, I mean, they, Cincinnati's like the cool kids on the block now. Like they're, I mean, they're throwing up like gang signs and stuff. I don't know what they're doing, but I love it. Like they're so the fan bases that could get in. The only one that's going to be like hey, Minnesota is going to wave and be happy they're there. So that I mean, that's maybe that's the biggest surprise that how blessed we are to see baseball grow. Attendance rate has been up this year all across the board on on weeknights, on weekends. More people are engaged with their teams and. I think postseason baseball is going to be beautiful. It's the best time of year. It is the best time of year. And don't look now. I feel like the Dodgers have been flying under the radar. Usually they're the team that the media just kind of hypes, 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 hypes. But they've just been, for a team that's been playing such good baseball, I feel like they've been just sneaking away from their contenders in that division, playing their best baseball right now. Those are scary teams to look at when you get to the postseason as well. Yeah, they got the best record since July 1st. And they also were on like 11 or 12 game win streak, something like that recently. And like nobody really knew about it. That's the beauty of the West Coast, dude. It's kind of like you're sneaky, man. Nobody's staying up late enough to watch you. And everyone's so caught up on the Braves because their offense is wild, man. They lead like almost every category. But you need pitching, though. When that postseason comes and those that weather ooh. cools down and you get a breeze that blows in, it's good oh, to have man. a stacked lineup. But even in Atlanta, I think you – Strider has made his last couple starts have looked pretty good, but other before that, his previous five, he looked terrible, like giving up a ton of, and that you could chalk it up to just, it's the summertime. It's the heat. The ball's traveling like crazy right now, but I do worry a little bit about their pitching. hundred percent. I mean, but Lance Lynn, since the trade deadline, I think he's got like a 1.33 ERA. Rias come back, Bueller coming back potentially like, I mean, come on. Well, yeah. I saw I saw a tweet. Uh, not to go on it a little more. I try not. I try to stay away from my Mariners bias. But MLB put out like a tweet, like who has the scariest pitching staff come October postseason, and the Seattle Mariners got a lot of love, and they do have a great pitching staff. And we, like you said, pitching wins you postseason baseball games. Honestly, I hate to say it, I'm glad Justin Verlander's back in Houston. I mean fuck off Alex was the coolest thing I've ever heard. Like, I think that's one of the coolest things in baseball. Like just to have that guy back that presence to know you have like another great arm. It, it's sweet. So look, strap up uh, for postseason baseball, college football starts this week in Jordan. Let's go. Uh, that's exciting. Obviously the main shinding starts the following weekend and uh, just everything going on NFL preseason week three, if regular season about to start those, those colder days are about to hit. And uh, I can't, I cannot wait I know Jordan's in that same boat, but that's going to wrap it up for Dudes with Some Balls this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great weekend or have a great start of the week whenever you prefer to listen to our podcast. You'll see us every Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, why not, 7 p.m. Midwestern time, Central time. Thank you all, and have a good one. Take care, guys.